as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning. We're happy to be here. This is the Schmidt Show podcast. My name is Noah Chalaya, and uh, of course, your leader is here. Brad Schmidt is joining me. Good morning, Brad. Hey, how are we doing, man? Pretty good. So we're going to try something different today, uh, slightly different format, and get some feedback from you, the listener. You should go to podcast.theschmidtshow.com and let us know what you think of this episode. So everybody is gets concerned with politics anytime there's a presidential right. race. And then the interest dies back off afterwards. Nobody cares between. afterwards. Pretty frustrating for those of us that talk politics for a living, right? Right. So because the interest just comes and goes. But even halfway through 2019, we are already starting to see people getting ready to make a bid for the 2020 election. And the 2020 election is going to be interesting because it's going to be the culmination of Donald Trump. We're going to find out if America made the right choice with Donald Trump or if America wakes up on in November of 2020 and decides he was a mistake and they and they reverse course. And a couple of people have announced now you interviewed on your terrestrial show. We released it as a special edition. Right. One of the first Republican candidates, conservative candidates, to announce his presidency. Cory Booker has announced his bid for 2020. Cory Booker, who else? Cory Booker, Kamala well, Harris, and yep. a bunch of others, right? Yeah, uh, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember everybody all. all... As a host. Ooh, there oh, there we go. Hi, sorry. phone system. That's the phone. So the interesting thing about Cory Booker, first of all, he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to point that out. Yeah. I'm Cory Booker. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. But aside from that, I think he's actually a pretty nice guy. He- See, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, so I was digging through the show notes as we were we were preparing for this, and I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay. I, I'm not sure. I don't I, – I, I question if – I think he comes across as a nice guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, confiscating I your a, wealth. And I th- yeah, I think he's a dirtbag human your, being. Yeah, taking away your health care. And yeah, those, those right. are not, not nice things to do. <laughs> right. But the average person would like to sit down. He comes across as a regular Joe. Right. I would like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with the guy. Or at least that's the way it would appear, right? Right. We wouldn't agree on much. Right. He's very well-spoken. He, you know, if you, if you look at a picture at him, he's a very clean-cut, nice-looking guy. Right. Right. And I think that plays very well in a presidential, well, it plays well in any candidate, but I think it particularly well plays well with the presidential candidate. But you know what I was thinking, Brad, mm. as I was looking through Cory Booker's belief system and I, I looked through the, the policy that he subscribes to, not only is he a true believer in left wing progressive policy, but it seems to me like he is making a Barack Obama play. Because, mm. and I, I, I ask this with all sincerity, what was it that got Barack Obama elected? He was black. It wasn't his, nobody could even tell you what his policy was for right. the most part. And that's right. not all progressives. There were some out there that, that really liked what Barack Obama stood for. Right. But, but they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the ones, and this is, see, this is where when we get into really get into politics and start discussing it, there's, there's the folks like you and I that study it, right, mm-hmm. that we dig into it, that we, we're interested in it, we want to know 
about midterms. We want to know about local politicians, all of that, right? And and those are the ones that supported Barack Obama because they knew of his policies in the past. They knew of his, you know, the the dreams of my father's kind of thing. They know he knew his socialistic bent anyway. And they but, knew he could be molded. Right. But the regular Joe voter, the regular Joe Democrat voter, didn't know anything about it. So those camps, I think, fell into two square camps. The first was he is black, and so I want to vote for him because he's either a black character or he represents something positive that an African-American has done. And there's no questioning Barack Obama, as a black man, achieved something that no other black man before him had achieved. Regardless of how he did it, he got elected. I think the larger group of people there, though, the larger group of people saw him and went, man, he's a nice guy. That's a guy I'd like to get a beer with. That's the kind of guy that I would really like to be running this country because right. he seems like a genuinely nice guy. He wants to give health care to yep. everybody. And, you know, and he had this real suave, cool characteristic. He did not play like a traditional politician. Somewhat, I think, what got Donald Trump elected. Right. And so when I when I see that Kamala Harris or when I see that Elizabeth Warren are uh, right. having like they say that they're having presidential exploratory committees, but let's face it, right. they're running for president. Okay? Right. That's what that means. Right. And 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 here's and this, you bring up a really great point with this because you've got Kamala Harris, you've got the Elizabeth Warren. And even if Hillary decides to throw her hat in the ring again, they're just not likable. Like no. they're just gen- no. like she, if it were Sheila Jackson Lee or some other, they're just not likable people. Even even uh, Richard Lewis was at the if it was Richard not Richard Lewis, um, ju- uh, one of the congressman he was he was there for the Martin Luther King thing in the Black History okay. Month sure. at the Super Bowl last night. Some congressman Lewis I can't remember his first name all of a sudden, but he's he's just not a likable guy. You know, yeah, he went through the the you know the Jim Crow laws of the '60s and mm-hmm. and and experienced all of that and 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 saw the civil rights movement come forward. But if it were even if it were him, he's just not a likable guy, right? He just you you do, he's like you say he's not the guy that you want to hang out with, mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee with, or drink a beer with, or whatever. He's just you're just going, yeah, I. No, I'm good. Thanks, though. Look, look at why everybody was so uh, into Bernie Sanders. It's not. It's honestly. It, I don't think it's because he was a socialist. I don't think because he's pe- grandpa. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think the people that voted for him have any idea what true socialist. Yeah. In fact, I know for a fact they don't have any idea what true socialist policy right. looks like. But they like Bernie Sanders because yeah, he's this lovingly grandpa feature. Now, right. you saw the real Bernie Sanders come out afterwards. You saw the the mean, yes. vicious leftists come out after donald trump had won the presidency right and 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 you know little bernie comes out you know and he's matter in a wet head but cory booker is a true believer i think barack obama what he was liked by the democrat party because he could be molded right. the thing about cory booker is he is a true believer in his own policy so he said he actually announced that he would no longer accept corporate PAC money um because he because people there, there were there was criticism of right. him from accepting from super PACs uh, that were Wall Street donors. So he was willing to – he said, listen, I don't want the money then. Right. You know, and that so speaks pretty he, loudly to Here's what's system. interesting. Here's what's interesting about that, though, is these uh, – having having done some campaign work in the last election cycle, worked with a, with a congressman who was running for Congress in Minnesota and stuff like that, and actually having – I personally recorded a commercial for a PAC. I used my voice to record a, a commercial for a PAC. 
He says he won't accept PAC money. That's a joke because he can accept PAC money. The PACs can't, they can't collaborate mm-hmm. with the, with his campaign anyway. So if I started a PAC and said it's the, the PAC to support Cory Booker and I raised $10 million, there's nothing he can say about accepting the money or not. Really, I can, I can do what, it, because if he says he's going to accept that or accept those ads or whatever, well, then that's immediately a campaign violation because him and he I have then colluded, huh. have worked together. So all of these these radical lefties, oh, I'm not going to accept any PAC money. Fine. Neither am I. No candidate will. No candidate can legally accept PAC money because they, they're not actually accepting the money. I, as a super PAC, you and I could raise a, a gazillion dollars for, for Cory Booker if I wanted to, and he can't say anything about it. So this is a politically safe thing for him to say. Of course it is. It's That's politically really safe for any campaign to to say, "I will, I won't work with any PACs." Well, of course you won't. It's illegal for you to work with right. PACs. So yeah, it's that's man. That's that's one of the ones that kills me. And I and I didn't and and, as, and he's vocal about it. Yeah, and as and as as. But here's the thing: all of these, all of these, these low information voters, as Rush always calls them, the low information voters, the college kids that 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 think Bernie Sanders was the was the savior and all that. They buy into this stuff. They go, oh, yeah, we, we, we can't be accepting any money from super PACs. Right. CNN is supporting this. Oh, of course. You know. And they know. See, and, and that's what's so frustrating. When you talk about, when people talk about the fake news stuff, right, They're, we're not talking about the, 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 the link that pops up and it's a, a fake meme or a picture from whatever, from 1978 or whatever. Right. They're, what they're talking, when you start talking fake news, it's that kind of stuff. Everybody at CNN knows that Cory Booker can't take PAC money or can't can't coordinate mm-hmm. with with these PACs on these ads because right. the second he starts coordinating with them, it becomes illegal. I I was recording a, a political ad for a close personal friend and I couldn't talk to him about it. I couldn't even mention I couldn't even mention to him that I had recorded it. The only reason he knew I had recorded it is because he heard it on the radio station somewhere down in southern Minnesota, and he recognized my voice. It was the only reason he knew that I had recorded a, a an ad for him. That is so interesting. Now, the PACs might be able to donate the the maximum, because you, mm-hmm. like you and I can donate $5,400, right? Yeah. They might be able to donate that way. But I'm not sure that they can, and it, okay. and it's and I'm not sure that it's the best way. Even if they could, the best way to move it's money, the best way to 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 get that because I can create any kind of ad I want, and mm-hmm. I don't have to say I'm so and so and I approve this message. I could all I have to say is this ad is paid for by you know Brad and Noah's Super Pack. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, good on you for catching I'll, on. To I'll that. look into that to yeah, to find do. out for sure if they can if the packs can donate. donate. Yeah. But even if they can't donate, even if they can donate and he refused the money, they'll just spend that fifty four hundred dollars on creating sure ads. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a his his path silly his path to victory is going to be through South Carolina. I did a little bit of research. The majority of African Americans in South Carolina are Democrats, and that I think is where it's. That's where he's going to kind of stage himself. Now he's going to run his campaign from New Jersey, no doubt. Right. Former mayor of of of, of New Jersey or of, uh, was it Newark? And he was it Newark or Trenton? I, I believe I it was Newark. Newark. I, I think be, it was Newark. I be I think you're right. But he he embodies this idea of the African American, and he wants to own that version of identity politics. In right. fact, he chose the first day of Black History Month to launch his campaign. Right. 
Well, and isn't that? I mean, isn't that where we're at with the left? Oh yeah, they, absolutely. They, there is there is nothing they they don't have anything. So they all they've got is if you're gay, if you're black, if you're this, if you're that, you have to vote for me. If well, you're a woman, you have to vote for me. To your point, to your point, the reason that we have landed on identity politics is because on its merit, the the platform falls down. Let me ask you this: in 2020, if I hired you, let's say I gave Brad Schmidt two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is enough money to ease your conscience, and I right. said I want you to come work for the left. And you don't have to necessarily subscribe to anything. I'm not asking you to lend your voice to anything. I just want you to lend me advice on what to do. Give me, as a consultant of the left, give me a platform we can run on. Go. Um, what? Well, what, exactly. they, what they can actually run on. See, that's the problem. Because, because the, things, the economy is working. Right, We're the, below. We are, we are, at, at, we are at historic yep. unemployment lows. Yeah, people the, are go- Americans are going back to work. The only options you have at this point as a leftist to run on is Trump's a racist. And okay, that's not a platform, though. Well, but, but that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. they, there is no platform. The only options they have, I, I guess, if there was a platform to run on, it would be. And you're seeing this from the left is. We got to we got to punish the evil rich people. Yep, yeah, we got to that tax, Medicare got, for all. I would right, agree with you. Yep. But so here, but here's the issue. The issue is for for one, people don't care about other people's wealth right. when they're getting richer too. Exactly. You know, and so when Dad went back to work and he sat unemployed for four and a half years, now this Trump guy. And you know what? I don't really follow politics that much, and I don't really care what clown is in the office. But you know, at the you know at the end of the day, that guy there, whatever he's doing, must be working because hey, I, got I went back again. to work and I'm not sitting at home yep. anymore. And you know what the person in Detroit in in Detroit doesn't care about transgender bathrooms. You know right. what the person in Detroit, Michigan doesn't care about? They don't care about the whatever coastal elite right. thing that the the people in California and Florida can be concerned and afford to worry about. Well, and here's the other thing too. It's not it's not even just that stuff, but like some of the the decisions that have been made recently with New York City. We've got the we've or not New York City with New York State. The New York legislature has has <coughs> voted to allow uh, abortion up until essentially the moment of birth, right? The late late mm-hmm. term abortion. Virginia, the governor of Virginia just announced. Um, is it Virginia or West Virginia? Governor somewhere out mm-hmm. there. One of the Virginias announced. You know that. Hey, you know what? If if uh, if a woman doesn't want the baby, you know it's probably okay. Once it's born, it's probably okay to just let it die. Like don't don't take care of it. Just let it die on the sure. table, right? Like that that mentality. To the average American, I would say to probably sixty-five percent of of Americans, and and maybe even a higher number. And of course, I'm guessing here. I've not done an actual survey, but uh, that's disgusting mm-hmm. to to the average American. Sure. It's it's not just like uh, uh, I'm a you know I'm a pro-life person, but it's you know it, it's none of my business. You live your life how you want. And let's that's cl- downright disgusting. And to let's the clarify human this being. a little bit because there's a lot of misinformation going on. The argument that I have seen is. Well, it's only if the mother's health is in danger. And that's true. The part right. that they don't tell you is mental health is included in that definition. Right. Financial health is included in that definition. Right. Like all it's not like yeah. oh the babies the, we're going to lose one of them do we choose the mother or the baby, which by the way, most mothers I know, right. that wouldn't be much of a decision well, they he, have to think about. Here's Just the other, here's the other thing. There. I I actually talked to I actually talked to a 
a neonatal intensive care unit, whatever nurse mm-hmm. that through my terrestrial radio show, which if you want to listen to, you can find us on KNOXradio.com. Even if you're not in the Grand Forks, North Dakota area, you can find us on KNOXradio.com. Just there's a listen live button. I'm on from three to six every day, Monday through Friday. If you don't get enough here on the podcast, that's where else you can find me. And we're working on getting that material, you know, available Published. for on demand yep. as, as well. But, um, so the I actually talked to a neonatal neonatal intensive care unit nurse or something I can't remember her exact title so I might be getting that wrong but she actually said look I have been a neonatal intensive care unit unit nurse for premature babies for ever mm-hmm. and there's never ever ever been one time where I have ever seen a doctor go we have to kill the baby because the mother's life is in danger sure. never once so it is so rare, it is so unbelievably rare for that to happen. That but I think the vast majority of us would say that that's the kind of the, those are the kind of decisions that are best left out of the hands of government and are right. left to the family to decide. God help anybody that's forced in that position yep. that has to make that decision, but that should be up to them. But the the problem is that gets diluted and distorted when we include. Well, I may not have twenty bucks for diapers next month if I have this kid. So you, you know, probably what? just, just murder, probably it. just kill it. Yeah. You it's know? just absurd. So anyway, to, to to well, my daughter has actually said. You said most mothers that mm-hmm. you you know would would choose that. My daughter has said, and this is where I've fallen on this argument. My daughter said, "Dad, if if I am ever in a position where it's my life or the baby's life, and she's not she, my daughter's not married and doesn't have any kids and any of that, but <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> that well, yeah, no, <laughs> good point. I, but um, but she has she has said like if that's ever the choice." Mm-hmm. The choice is easy. Mm. Save the baby. Like as a mom, that's my job. And sure. she's not even a mom yet. Right. She just wants to be a mom. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not even a question. So if it's good enough for my daughter, that's where I fall down on it. So sure. anyway, back to Cory well, Booker. So Cory Booker. So the, the, the left has landed in a place where they struggle to find a platform to run in 2020. And then that gets further complicated if we're looking at platforms that would actually have a snowball's chance in hell at beating Donald Trump. Right. A direct quote from Cory Booker. The history of our nation is defined by our collective action, by interwoven destinies of slaves and abolitionists, of those born here and those who claim America as home, of those who took up arms to defend our country and those who linked arms to challenge it and change it. I agree with about half of that. Right. First of all. Nothing in America is defined by collective. Nothing. No. We are in. We are in, in no. uh, the very founding of our nation. Was individualism indepe- yeah. exactly individual? It, the, the power of the meeple, freedom of the individual, absence of coercion from the government. That's the. Th- those right. are the very basic doctrines of our right. country. You know, that statement. There's. You read that. It sounds great. Well, they, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's written by some professional designed to be a right. sound clip, Yeah, it's, you know? it sounds wonderful. But the, the truth is, like you say, first of all, there's nothing in the United States. That, I mean, the, the, so here's going back to, and this is one of the things that I'm super excited about or passionate about. I love like Americana and I've, the, the you know, Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and all of the founding fathers and, and, you know, guys like Dr. Benjamin Rush and Franklin and Madison and Roosevelt and all the other guys and Roosevelt wasn't a founding father, but like just the history of America. Mm-hmm. Like I love all of that stuff. And, and one of the things that people often forget is the, 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 um, the, the concept of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness was never really what Jefferson wanted in 
the Declaration of Independence. When he originally wrote it, the first draft was life, liberty, and property rights, essentially. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and that is, property rights is nothing collective. Property rights is, I own this, you can't take it from me. Right. That's, that, right. it's individuality. So anyway, um, yeah, you said you believed about half of that, or you agree with about half of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that there is something to be said about people took up arms to defend the country. I think there's something to be said who linked arms to challenge it and change it. I think there's right. truth in there. I think uh, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, I think all of those are perfect shining yeah. examples of people who said this country is not as yeah. good as it could be, and I'm willing to yeah. stand up to change it. So I, I agree with half of it. Right. Lincoln in the 14th Amendment and abolishing slavery and giving sure, right to vote sure. to black people and citizenship and all that. Right. But the issue is that nothing in that statement, as good as as well worded as it may be, lends any credibility to any sort of a platform that Cory Booker is going to run in 2020. And right. the reason is because they don't have a platform. So where Cory Booker goes and where Barack Obama went, and I feel like it worked pretty well for him, is they go to diversity. Hey, I could be the next black president, I could be the black president from the people that understands the struggles of African Americans. Mm-hmm. And, and undoubtedly, Cory Booker is probably the guy that struggles with or ha- understands the struggles of African Americans. If right. by a- struggles of African Americans, you mean people that grew up in the richest parts of New Jersey, right. rose to prominence as a politician, lives in one of the nicest, richest zip codes uh, on the East Coast, right. and, uh, and and attends party with very wealthy individuals that are also highly right. connected, you know, in yeah. the upper echelons. If I'm, that's what we're talking about, about the average African American, then I agree. He understands. I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing there's not a whole lot of regular Joe Chicagoans on the South side of Chicago that spend much time hanging out with people like Barack Obama and the Clintons. Not in their neighborhood anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you, you in the show notes, one of the mm-hmm. things that you mentioned or, or hinted at or talked about as I was reading through this last night to mm-hmm. kind of prepare, you'd mentioned um, Booker's campaign, um, his uh, campaign manager. Yeah. Uh, uh, Demasi. Yeah. Yeah. Or however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that was interesting to me because she's been pretty successful? Yes. Um, and and she because you as you noted in the in the notes uh, she helped Gavin Newsom get elected in California. Yep. Um, and she's she's been a pretty successful, pretty wise, you know, political marketing guru, if you will. Absolutely. Do you think just off the top of your head, do you think Cory Booker is is suddenly the front runner in all of this? Because yes. for a long time, hundred percent. Because a long time, Elizabeth Warren was the was the one, right? And yeah, then it came out she's not really Native American, and that Warren kind of... has the same chance that Clinton had, and Warren has all of the same problems that Clinton had without the name recognition that Clinton had. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Warren is much more likable than Hillary Clinton. I think Booker is a guy. That if they run him, even if we don't get to a place where we say, well, he's got a really solid platform and he's very he's very knowledgeable, I think he can fake it well enough right. that he's going to get some traction. And the other thing that he has going for him is not a lot of people know who Cory Booker is, quite right. frankly. There's going to be people that are listening to this for the first time. They're going, who's this guy you're talking Corey about? Cory Booker, yeah. Senator from New Jersey. And most of them won't even know that. Not most of the, our listeners, but most average people, Americans right. won't know who he is. Um, and that I works mean, because, think about because it. Warren, she's in the news every other day with something right. stupid that she said or thought or whatever. And I, I'm going to get DNA tested to prove to Donald. Right. I mean, she's 
almost as crazy as Trump is. So I mean, if you, and and and, it, and that's not necessarily a put down for the for the average Joe American because no. I mean, if if you ask me to name the senators from. Um, I mean, some of the the bigger states, because New Jersey is a bigger state. You asked mm-hmm. me to name, uh, as far as population wise goes, uh, the senators from Oregon, mm-hmm. the senators from Washington, you know, Seattle, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon. Um, I, I, I don't know any of them, right. you know, because I, I, I don't care, right? Unless they're in the news, it's it's not really the only reason people might know who Cory Booker is is if he if they recognize him from the Senate hearings. From Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing, and well, even me, then, they might not. Let me uh, let me tell you a little bit. Of, let me tell you a little story about Cora Booker. And anybody that lives on the East Coast will be familiar with this. And anybody that is not from the East Coast probably has not heard of this. Can we just start calling him Kermit Booker? <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be fine with calling him Kermit the Frog. So Kermit Booker had this really elaborate story. About this drug dealer named oh. T-Bone. Have you heard this? Yes, and I linked this, this article in the show notes. So T-Bone uh, it was essentially this drug dealer that had this very confrontational history with Cory Booker. And Cory Booker would run into T-Bone, this drug dealer, on the street. And T-Bone would threaten to take his life and threaten to rob him. But over a period of time, Cory Booker developed a kinship and a friendship with this drug dealer named T-Bone. And eventually T-Bone gets shot and he's dying in the street and Cory Booker holds him in his arms and there's this, you know, here's the problem. None of this happened. Right, it was all made None up. of this happened. Right. There's no evidence of any of this happening. There's no police report of this T-Bone dying. There's no, no evidence whatsoever of this elaborate story of this Well, of course there wouldn't be a, a police report because the, the police in New Jersey don't care about black people, so why would they make a police, a police report? <laughs> I mean, that's right. I mean, but but so so the, the, the problem is, like, and anybody from the, from the East Coast, again, they're all familiar with this, right? right? They all hear the story, and everybody that's ever heard it goes, oh, for crying out loud, you know? But the problem is, that's the kind of person that Cory Booker is, and it makes him a very, very dangerous candidate to us on the right. Yep. Because not only does the man know how to lie, he knows how to lie in a way that attracts positive attention. He right. knows how to present something, yep. you know, whereas Trump will lie about something, he'll lie, he'll say, so-and-so didn't vote didn't vote to confirm my, my candidate, right? Right. And then some of us that follow politics look down and go... There's only two senators from that state. How can you get that wrong? Like, they did vote. I, I'm i not following, you know? Right. But that kind of lie is the kind of thing that people just kind of brush off and go, eh, whatever, he lied about it. It doesn't really have a net effect one way or the other. Right. When Cory Booker crafts these stories with elaborate detail, he strikes at the heart of of every of the child in every one of us, right? right. What What person out there, what evil human being doesn't want to elect a president who would hold somebody who had a rough life and eventually met his demise in the drug world and and stopped to hold him in his arms as he died? Right. Like that is a very moving, heartwarming story. Yeah. If only it were true. And here and here's the other the the other side of it. The the person that can craft that kind of a of a lie. um, Boy, that that takes a special kind of because here's the thing I have. In, in my, I'm a former pastor. I've mentioned mm-hmm. this many times. Um, I went to went to Bible college in 1998, graduated in 2006, pastored a church for four and a half years, stumbled into radio. Here I am, mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight years later, whatever it was. Um, and 
my history as a former addict myself, I was uh, for a short time. I was I wasn't one of these guys that was a druggie for twenty years and, sure. and saw the light and you know Jesus knocked me off a, a a table or something or at a bar or whatever. It's but I I got out of it fairly quickly. Got into it real heavy. Left it really quickly because I long story my history of my my family and I saw it coming, so got out of it. So sure. I don't want to mischaracterize like I miss you know whatever. So Hardened drug dealer, right? Yeah, I mean I, I I got into it. I was young some stupid stuff but during that time you know in in living through it was easy to because i'm a i'm a fairly charismatic person people mm-hmm. like me generally you know for the most part people like me and even people that disagree with me have a tendency to oh sure to, to in, like me anyway and and so um but it's very easy to craft a lie in order to get what you want. Oh, sure. And it takes looking back. And this is, I was actually having this conversation with my son and a friend the other night. Um, it, it, the, the thing that I really, really disliked about being in the drug world and, and all of that and, and was not even so much the, the drugs and all of that. Cause I, I never really liked alcohol, I, you know, because it it was it didn't matter if I had, you know, if I got to a point where I was getting a buzz, mm-hmm. I was going to barf at some point. Like alcohol just never sat well with me. So sure. it wasn't that I was it wasn't that I was chasing the buzz or chasing it was a self medication deal, and that's another long story. But yep. um, it, the the thing that I I said that really really made me want to get out of that was I didn't like who I had become. Oh sure, I didn't like the person who I had become because I could lie so easily. Yep. I could I could make up and and evil evil like I would lie about you know my kid has cancer and I need a little bit of extra help what like and I don't mm-hmm. remember that specific lie but like I I would lie about the most horrifying things mm-hmm. in order to get what I needed what I wanted sure and that's what concerns me about a guy like Cory Booker if you can craft a story about a guy and not just like a hey I met this dude one time. And don't really know his name, but I met this guy. who was a drug dealer in the street, mm-hmm. whatever. Because right, that's easy to verify. Mm-hmm. There was some drug dealer that that was dying on the street, and I happened to cross him. Mm-hmm. Right, you can come up with just, especially in New Jersey, right? You mm-hmm. can probably come up with a hundred stories like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he crafted this story of this relationship that he had built. He crafted this this um, an, an, an entire narrative. Like almost to the point like, of a pathological lie, right? Like that takes effort, right? That's not just a in the in the moment. I told a quick lie because it helped me illustrate a point, right? Mm-hmm. Pastors are great for this. Sadly, pastors are really great at telling a story that that illustrates a point in their yeah, sermon. Just, yeah, we just call right. it a, para, a right. parable. Right, we call it a parable or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, and and now at, at whenever I did that as a pastor, I always used to say, "Look, that you know." Imagine if I, sure. I tried to make it very yeah. clear that I was not, you know, but I've heard pastors say there was a time when I was this and whatever. And you realize going, really? Cause I've known you for about 15 years and I don't remember that, you know, like, eh, all right. So anyway, but that's the difference. So the, the evil that it takes to craft a story like that, mm-hmm. like it wasn't just an in the moment thing. No. And I thought of a, a good way to illustrate, you know, cause Cory Booker's using this of course, to illustrate how, you know, drugs are a problem or whatever he was trying to illustrate with that story. Right. But like, that's a different kind of evil that, so, and this goes back to, and I think you and I've had this conversation. This mm-hmm. goes back to, the the real reason Hitler was so evil was not that he wanted to kill six million Jews. I mean, that was certainly part of it. 
But it was like everything he believed was a lie, and he knew it was a lie. And here's why. So, and I can't remember who I. This is not original thought of mine. I was reading some because I've, I've done a lot of study in World War II. I was reading some guy. He was talking about what really made Hitler so evil was that he knew he was not trying to set up the thousand year reign. He was not setting trying to set up the the new Third Reich or anything like that. He because if he had, mm-hmm. you get six million Jews. Line them up on the front lines. Use them for shields if you want them dead. Mm-hmm. Line them up. Use, enslave them. Force them to fight for you if you really, really want to do this thing. If you really want to set up the Third Reich, if you really want to set up the thousand-year reign, you, you don't just kill them. You use them. You, you leverage them and their abilities for your purposes. So if he had really wanted to win, if he had really wanted to defeat the United States, defeat the the Britons, defeat the French, defeat all of Europe, whatever he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and take over the world, you've got six million shields that you can use to protect your the 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 master race, right? You can protect the German people by using all of these Jews. If you don't really care about them living anyway, mm-hmm. use them for that. And then once you've conquered the world, now you can murder them all you want. But Hitler knew that he never intended, and Goring knew, and and Mengele knew, they they never intended to ever, ever set up the thousand-year reign or the, the, the Third Reich or any of that. They just wanted to murder people. They were megalomaniacs who wanted to kill as many people as possible. That's what made Hitler so evil. That It, it wasn't the killing the Jews that, I mean, it, obviously it was, but you get what I'm saying. That's, mm-hmm. So this is what's dangerous about guys like Cory Booker. Is he knows what he's telling is a lie, and he's telling it anyway. Right. No, absolutely. But so that that leads us with, or that leaves us with, uh, we are there. The Democrats are going to run somebody in twenty twenty. Right. Who is it going to be? And when I ask that, I guess what I'm really asking is, who do you think has the best chance of beating Donald Trump in twenty twenty? Uh, and I'm not sure that answer is Cory Booker. I'm not sure it is. So from my perspective. Was it Jim Webb? Was that the guy's first name? Yeah. Webb, oh, the yeah. guy that ran. I'd actually vote for him over Trump. Would you? Yes. Really? Because he seems like a decent human being, and pretty much everything he stands for is classical liberalism. More liberty, mm-hmm. less, like you say, minimum coercion of government, absence of the coercion of government, anything. like Like, he was a classical liberal along the lines of somebody like a Benjamin Franklin or a... Uh, 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 a Madison or, you know, somebody like that, that one of our founding fathers and, and who believed in liberty in, in believed in, you know, personal individual uh, responsibility and all of those sorts of things. And so as I listened to Jim Webb and I might be wrong, I didn't listen to all of, I saw a couple mm-hmm. of debates with him, sure. but what I saw of him was, Hey, this, this identity politics, and I think that's actually why he didn't get elected, because he wouldn't play the, or didn't get the nomination or, or wasn't even taken seriously as a candidate on the left because he didn't get into the, the identity politics. He stayed away from all of that. So mm-hmm. I think somebody like a Jim Webb um, would, would be the guy, if you want to defeat Donald Trump, you need somebody who's going to espouse the ideas of liberty, freedom, personal responsibility, all those sorts of things. But at the same time, doesn't come across as a jerk. 
like Donald Trump does. So where I where I disagree with you is I think that the 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 base at this point to the left, whether we want to admit it or oh, not, they, yeah, they're so deep into it they don't have a yeah. So, so I don't know that they necessarily want personal individual because here's the problem with personal freedom and individualism. Personal freedom and individualism means lack of control. Lack right. of control means that you can't control the wealth. Lack right. of control of the wealth means that you can't redistribute wealth. Right. And if you can't give away health care. And you can't give away money, and you you lose all of these social programs. Which yeah, if I can't buy you as a voter, right? right. I, because that th- that's essentially where where we have landed. And so, I think you need a candidate that embodies that. I think if Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was old enough, I think they would absolutely be running her. And I think if they did, I think that I think the Republicans would have a serious problem. Yes. I really do. Yep. Well, f- first of all, she's good looking. Right. None of us are blind. You know. But and and look, there's since so since the the modern era of television when Ken, was it Kennedy Nixon was the first televised mm-hmm. debate. Um, since then, we have not elected a president under six feet tall. Sure, like whether we like it or not, looks matter. It looks matter. Yep, mm-hmm. it they absolutely do. And and we like to be able to. It, it's it is sadly somewhat of a popularity contest. You know, right? So yeah, absolutely. I mean, is. Look, I mean, look at. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, neither one of them are 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 you know overly attractive, but boy, that's putting it lightly. But but Donald Trump is certainly a more now when you when you start talking about the science of attractiveness, mm-hmm. the symmetry of the face, and all sure. of those sorts of things, Donald Trump is a more classically attractive human being. Not you know again, he's still. Donald, Donald Trump, he's yeah. orange, he's got the weird hair and all of that. But symmetrically, and, and when you start talking about the science of attraction, he's taller, he was, you know, all of that. So, so anyway. We'll continue to watch that. Again, you should, if you're not subscribed, you should at podcast.theschmidtshow.com and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Schmidt Show. That way you can stay up to date and get the latest. Now, this week, uh, the media... The, the left looks to eat itself. And what happened this week with Northam is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. First of all, first of all, so if you're not familiar, I guess let's back up. What this guy did essentially um, was he, he there was a there was a, a photo that was released in 1984 from a from a medical uh, school yearbook. And there was a, the, this guy was wearing a costume that was clearly racist and. He first he came out and said, "I'm really dis- sorry about this," and then he backtracked and said, uh, "I believe then and now that I'm neither of the people in that photo," which of course the left did not accept, and of course the right did not accept. Now, the first thing I noticed when this came out was the media labeled him as a Republican. Right. See, you know, they I saw put that. An, they put an R yep. under his name, and yep. he's not a Republican. Right. And so, what's funny is. If if nothing else, if nothing else tells you what it is when you when you go through and look and say, hey, here's the here's the issue. The issue is, uh, <laughs> sorry, we have a, a little bit of an interruption Wait, at the moment. What, but so, what do you need? So oh. we 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 got to a point where the media no longer actually cares what party somebody subscribes to. The media now cares about what the message that they want to send or what message they want to craft. And so they came out and essentially said, hey, uh, Trump is, when they found out that he was a Republican, essentially what they said was, or or Democrat, excuse me, effectively what they said was, hey, 
you can't care about this guy right. being a racist because President Trump is a racist. And so we talk about that all the time, or at least that's the narrative that comes along. But the but the reality is that Thank you. Cite me something that President Trump has ever said that is racist. Cite me right. something that President Trump has ever done right. is racist. And so where they went to that where they went from that was, well, he has there are plenty of examples of racist public positions. So I started to look at where these examples of quote unquote racist public positions are. For years he fueled bipartisan attack to President Barack Obama and started the started the birther movement, uh, you know, and all of that, right? Right. So my 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 first question is how is that racist? Let's just assume for a, for a moment that right. this was the doing of Donald Trump. How is the birther movement racist? There's no, it has nothing right. to do with race. It has to do with the legitimacy of being able to become president right. because he was born here or not born here. So, and there's and there's interesting. There is there is legal precedent that there is legal precedent that that could be used to determine whether you believe Barack Obama was actually born in Hawaii or born in Indonesia or whatever the other conspiracy theory was there there was a ton, there was a an attorney and I can't remember their name um off the top of my head but there was a there was an actual legal precedent that said if the if if the father or the mother or whatever one of the parents of the child is not an american citizen and the child is an american citizen or the sorry the other parent is an american citizen then you have to have lived in the United States for six months prior to being born. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, the, the mother or whatever has to live in the United States prior to six months prior to being born and all that kind of stuff. So the argument that this attorney made was that, that Ann Dunham or whatever, is it Ann Dunham was Barack mm -hmm. Obama's mom, um, was not living in Hawaii a full six months prior to his birth. Mm -hmm. And therefore he is not an American citizen. And so like like that that mentality is that's not racism. That's simply the law says A B C X Y Z. Right. And you didn't follow the proper you, protocol. Yeah, you didn't so there's meet a loophole those, in yeah. your eligibility for president. Right. You didn't meet those requirements. So it's not about race. It has You're nothing exactly to do right. with race. But even if it did, do you know who started the, the, the birther movement? It was the left. Hillary Clinton. Exactly. So th this idea that that Trump is racist. Okay, that's not that doesn't well, that example right. doesn't play out. Even if it was him, not racist. Okay. Right. Second example, early in his President Kennedy, Trump called for a total and complete ban on Muslims entering the country. Okay. First of all, no, he didn't. Right. Okay. No, he didn't. He didn't. What he said was, we are no longer going to accept people coming in from these particular countries. There's okay. Seven of them. Huh? Right. There's seven. Now, here's the thing. Yep. If you are a Christian and you lived in one of those seven countries, you you're not come coming in. in. Okay? Right. If you're an atheist and live in one of those seven countries, you're not coming in. Yep. If, you li if you're Jewish and you lived in one of those countries, well, you were dead. So. But, right. <laughs> but, but so that funny, has but nothing funny. to do with race. Right. Okay? It has to do with a lack, of, a, a lack of scrutiny, a lack of an ability to look into a given a person's situation and say, hey, this is... This is what we know about your past. Here is why we are uncomfortable with you existing in this country because we're not able to vet your past. And so when you put a if and when you put a place, a, a system in place that we can use to screen your citizens, then we'll remove the ban. OK, right. it was not it was not a ban on it was not a ban on Muslims. Right. It was a ban on countries that are known to have high risk factor because anytime you're going to let somebody into the United States on a visitor's visa or immigration or anything else. 
you have to uh, the first question that has to be asked is what is the benefit to the American? Right. Okay? Not what is the benefit to the person that's coming here. We all acknowledge that there's a benefit yeah. there. What is the benefit to the American citizen? Right. And if you and if the answer to that question is well, the benefit of the American citizen is there's a, there's an increased likelihood that the American citizen is going to be raped or killed. Well, you're probably not letting that person right. into the country, okay? Exactly. Yeah. Or anybody from that country in, into our country. Right. So also not racist. In office, he rumored uh, he ruminated on the United States needing more immigrants in places like Norway and fewer immigrants from, quote-unquote, asshole countries referring to right. Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries. Now, is that because they're African-American? No. You know why it is? Because they're more successful. People from Norway tend to be more successful than people from El Salvador. Right. And Trump is a guy who has built his entire life and his entire career on being successful and hiring people that are successful because type A, highly driven, motivated individuals that like to succeed want to work, live, and exist with other type A personalities who are highly motivated and want to succeed. That's why Trump wants people from Norway. Not It has nothing to do with their skin color. If there is an African-American person, or I guess it wouldn't be African-American, but if there is a black person that lives in Norway or there's a black person that lives in some other successful country and wants to come to the United States, Trump would have no problem with that. And similarly, if there is some poor person who's accomplished absolutely nothing in their life and just wants to come to get on the dole to the United States and they happen to be from Sweden, right? They don't get a free pass. Or Canada. Right. They don't get a free pass. So it has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with personality. It has everything to do with drive. And it has everything to do with success. So here's, interestingly enough, and I, and I don't, I don't want to get off on this tangent, but um, I, I'm, I was trying to dig for this article here real quick. There's a story by by uh, NPR, so certainly not some right wing conspiracy theory website to make fun of Haiti and and it's it's uh, it's racist or or whatever, right? Um, there is a there's a group of people in Haiti, in Haiti's capital city, Port-au-Prince. First of all, Haiti's capital city, Port-au-Prince, is the largest city in the in the world without a working sewer system. They, well, they, they spent that money on on Chelsea's wedding, so right? You know, so, that. so Haiti is literally an asshole, right? It's like that's not even an exaggeration. It's like it's not they, a, it's, they, it's, they, that's not a it's not a derogatory slang, right? That's a statement the, of fact, right? The city, there is a whole. <laughs> exactly. The city has a literal hole, several of them actually, and there's a group of people that their job is to climb down in this hole with buckets and clean it out and then haul it down and dump it in the ocean. Like that's how they get rid of their 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 and I'll post a link to the in the show notes, but that's I mean that's literally how they get rid of their sewage in mm -hmm. this city. So this and, and I know maybe Trump didn't mean that when he when he made the statement, but but Haiti has all kinds of issues, health issues, disease is running rampant and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we say we want people from Norway and not from Haiti, that's has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with, I don't want your disease and your destruction and your third world garbage in my home. You like need, if, you, if, you, you, if have, you, you have to pick one side of the spectrum. Okay. Right. Either it's an asshole country, and that's why people want to flee that asshole country and come into our country. And if that's the case, then at least we're calling a spade a spade. Right. The alternative is Haiti is this beautiful, wonderful place that everybody wants to live, in which case we should no longer need any sort of refugees from Haiti because they can just go live in their beautiful, wonderful right. existence. Yeah. yeah. If, if you have... 
if you and you're you're of Indian descent, mm-hmm. if you have, you know, whatever disease, if you've got hepatitis B or mm-hmm. you know, if your facial wounds are leaking some sort of communicable <laughs> disease, I'm not inviting you over for dinner. Has nothing right. to do with the fact that you're Indian. Yeah. I don't want your disease. Now, thankfully, you don't, and right. you and I have dinner I together. Yeah, right. You and I have dinner together from time to time on right. a fairly regular basis. But like that has nothing to do with race. It's just a matter of safety. So, so they took some polls, Brad. Did they? Yeah, they took some polls. And one, <laughs> and the, Who's the, they? The, the, the well, they and the <laughs> polls that they took uh, showed that significant percentages of the American population either see Trump as racist or as a minimum as somebody who Im- who emboldens racists, right? Now, the first thing I have to ask is, I'm wondering if they are the same people that took the polls that predicted that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Because we oh, all know how yeah, successful that was, that's right? A good point. But here's the, here's the other part of that. I have yet to meet a Trump supporter, not one, and I'm in a lot of circles, that said, yeah, I voted for Trump because uh, he hates the black people, and man, I sure, I don't like them minorities, so I hate I hate all the... Anybody that's a minority that's not white Christian, so that's why I voted for Trump. Haven't met that guy. Yeah, I'm sure that those people exist. Right, I'm not saying that they don't. Yeah. I'm sure that there are people. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm sure that there are people out there that exist. I'm sure that there are groups out there that are very hateful, racist, terrible human beings, right. and I'm sure that there are some of them out there that support Trump. I I, I will admit that. Yeah. But I have the vast majority of kind of like space, David Duke supporting Hillary Clinton. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, or well, yeah, or or go look at Barack Obama's history. Right. Right. So, but but uh, the vast majority of Trump's base and the, the the average American that walks down the street that says, "Yeah, I approve of Trump." It was Duke that, that supported Hillary not, or uh, uh, Bill, not Hillary. That guy's not racist. You know, the average person walking down the street, that guy's not racist. Yeah. So the and what you're seeing is the the left eat itself because. Where they have come to is they said, well, fine, he's a racist, and or uh, the this uh, uh, this um, northern. northern is a is a is a racist. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that there's no excuse for it. And so, to their credit, they they know they can't wiggle out of that one. But then their twist is, well, the right doesn't have any room to talk, and right. the right we're not going to allow the right to 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 be able to stand on this moral high ground because at the end of the day, right. they they're all a bunch of racists. Let me let me ask you this because you are of. Indian descent. Your mm-hmm. dad was, was born and raised in India and came he here and became a doctor and did he all did his that. thing. Yep. Um, do, have you, because you, we we recently elected in our town here, we recently elected a woman to the city council who's essentially, her her platform was, I don't look like you, so you should elect me. Right. right? That was her, mm-hmm. that was her, her political platform. Have you ever, because you don't, eh, maybe not as much as her, but mm-hmm. you don't look like the average you know, this area is very highly populated with the Norwegian descent, you know. Yeah, the white tall, folk there, yeah. Tall, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, that show, we got a lot of them there. Right. Yeah. So have you ever experienced in this community um, discrimination because you don't look like the rest Never of us? once. Never once. I mean, and, and I've gotten to, I, I, I've, I started to experience that a little bit online. Uh, because you know what, what can I say? The internet's filled with a bunch of 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 of, right. of, of diplots. But but here's here's the reality. First of all, I I don't need somebody else's assurance. I don't need somebody to hold my hand. I don't need somebody. I don't buy into the whole privilege thing to begin with. Right. Right. I'll be successful because I'm going to work harder than you, and I'm going to achieve what I need to achieve. Right. To get to, you know. And here's the other thing too. As far as when I walk into a department store, people harass me. Well, people don't harass me. You know why? 
I dress appropriately. Mm. I wear decent pants. I have a, a you know a button down polo on most of the time. That's my casual. Right. If I'm not in a full on button up business shirt, business suit, right? right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I don't walk in with my jeans halfway down my you know down the backside of my my leg and 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 a, and, a, and a wallet you know dragging and and jewelry all over the place and you know and. I'm, that's not a knock on any of those people. If if that's how you like to dress, by all means, you yeah, do dress you however you want. Just yeah. understand that there is a stereotype that follows that. Now, right. is that right? No, absolutely not. But that's the stereotype that exists. Right. And so the way that you present yourself has 10 times more of an effect on how somebody's going to treat you than the color of your skin. If you are a white, white male privileged person and you walk in dressed like a, I'm going to just say it, a gangster. Right. Okay, that's I want, how you're going to be treated. I want to know. I want to know where I go get some of this white privilege. Yeah, that'd be pr- like, pretty helpful. Like it? I'm supposed to have it. Yes. I don't know where. I must have missed the day. Well, it's all around when they handed it's, it well, out. Here, I'll walk you through it. This is this is all around. Have you ever gone a day? Have you ever gone a, a year where you weren't sure where you're going to eat your next meal? Um. Uh. Well. Not yeah, a whole but, year. You got yeah, a little bit, but not a whole yeah, year. Yeah, but that's oh, not a whole year. Yeah, no. no. Okay, that's oh, no. privilege. I was gonna say yeah. A couple I know of you times. think. It, I know it's, you think it's because you were gainfully employed and you know and made money, but it's not. It's white privilege. Okay. And uh, did you go to college? I did. White privilege. Oh. Doesn't matter that you paid for it. That's, so, that's white. So no, that's I was white gonna privilege. say, does the sixty thousand dollars in no, student debt? No, that doesn't count. That's, Is that that's privilege? That's privilege. That's you know. I mean, I know you earned it, but that's privilege. That's white privilege. Just because you're white, that's how you get. You know. That's that's their answer, right? Yeah. And there's this idiotic YouTube video that tries to illustrate this. You know, take, oh, have I've you seen, seen this. It? Yeah, take one step forward. Yeah, absolutely absurd. But where this article from? Actually, the- Crowder, Steve, uh, Stephen Crowder did a, a a great debunking of that video. Oh, I believe. did he? Yeah, he did incredible debunking of that, and as to because a lot of it's choices, right? Absolutely. Yeah, almost so, all of them are, yeah. and maybe not choices of the child, but choices Just of, of the, the family. Yep. And uh, and so at the end of the day, I'm not saying that all kids should be held accountable for the parent's decision, but at some point you have to acknowledge that the parent gets that, that the child has to say, "I'm 19 years old now. Now it's time for me to do me." Right. Came from a rough background, but I, I've got to move myself forward. Well, and you think about all of the great. I mean, <clears throat> Bo Jackson was on one of the so- Super Bowl commercials last mm-hmm. night. The guy came from nothing. Oh, like absolutely. He, he had like 11 brothers and sisters and whatever he and 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 became one of the greatest athletes to ever play football, ever play baseball. I mean, you think of Ben, I've mentioned Ben Carson before on my mm-hmm. terrestrial show. Ben Carson came from abject poverty. His mom sure. was was living in the in the in the food lines in mm-hmm. the in the getting the commodities and the food stamps and all that. And he's become the most probably the single most influential brain surgeon in the history of humankind. And one of the most like, successful black politicians of all time. Right. I mean he just yeah. So anyway, that's you know Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice came was she like her her one of her friends or I don't remember the story was actually killed in the one Birmingham Alabama church bombing, like it was one of her classmates that was killed in that, and and she came from that she youngest woman ever to become the provost of of um was it not was it Stanford University. She was a provost to some university. I can't remember if it was Stanford or or where it was, but she was the youngest woman ever to to become the the provost of this university. Um, she graduated with a doctorate degree at twenty three years old because she worked her butt off mm-hmm. and she was smart, you know. And so, yeah, she it it happens all the time. The 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 Washington Post article, and we'll have it linked in the show notes, said Republicans sensing a relatively rare moment for once where the party had 
its own race relation debacle joined Democrats in calling for Northam's ouster. Really? A like rare the, moment? The, yeah. Really? That's where we're at? It's a rare moment? The vast majority of the people that were swept up in the Me Too movement were progressives. Right. The vast majority of the people that were swept up in, the, in, in that movement were progressives. And let me tell you why. For all of the rights faults, and I'm not saying that we don't have any, but for all of the rights faults, one of the things that we don't do, we never claim moral superiority. Right. We almost never claim moral superiority. Yep. Now, there are times where we'll go ahead and say, listen, I think I'm morally superior. I think you're wrong because I think that I right. subscribe to a higher belief system than you. But at the end of the day, you do you and you just let me well, live me. And we'll and we will shoot our wounded as quickly as we possibly can. Every time. Look at Trent Lott. Every time. Trent Lott's the perfect example. When Strom Thurman's 100th birthday party or whatever is 100th birthday celebration. Trent Lott says, made some comment about, I wonder if the world would be better off or how much better off we would be had Strom Thurman become the president. Because Strom Thurman ran for president a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that comment, the world would be better off or the nation would be better off, I don't know the, the exact quote, but we would be better off if had Strom Thurman been elected president. And that that cost him, it destroyed his career. Mm-hmm. It ended Trent Lott's career as a politician because that was somehow racist because Strom Thurmond used to be a Democrat right, and was a racist Democrat who then later saw the light and said, yeah, I can't buy into this anymore. I'm not, I'm not a racist. I don't believe this stuff. I'm going to not be a Democrat anymore, and I'm not going to be a racist anymore. I'm going to be a Republican, and I'm going to change my ways and be better. And then the reality is that being racist, it has no political party, right? Exactly. You can be be a racist. Exactly. From the Democrats, you can be. I know libertarians that are some of the most racist human beings on the in the planet. Sure. Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, the the nice thing about the libertarian. Viewpoint is they may be racist, but they don't expect you to do anything. Right. right? Yeah. They just want to be left yeah. alone. I just want to be racist all by myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's that. Hey, we appreciate the fact that you guys subscribe to the Schmidt Show. You guys can support us on Patreon. We would very much appreciate that. Your Patreon dollars are what make this show possible. We also invite you to join the Telegram group. You can join us at Telegram Now, what is Telegram? Telegram is a free app available for Mac OS, it Windows, awesome. uh, iOS, and Android. It is a, essentially a a messaging application. It's a replacement of SMS. It's going to be the right. future of messaging, I think. And what we have done is we've created a special group for those of you who are political junkies and want to talk politics 24-7. Yes. You can join the discussion, and it is a fam. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as to say it's family-friendly, but it is certainly a moderated chat where we don't let people get too far yeah. with things. You know, personal insults are not tolerated. What we want you to do is stick on uh, the merits. We want you to argue on the merits. It doesn't matter if you're from the right or left. We invite you to join us. Also... I just want to I want to mention the the Telegram thing real quick cuz we've we've got we do have a few people that that kind of monitor it and mm-hmm. Simon being one of them Simon is, sure. a, is an, actually an employee of yours mm-hmm. uh young kid incredibly intelligent I just I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to Simon because he has kicked a few folks out mm-hmm. because of their um racist sexist homophobic whatever tirades and and Simon says all right, look, we want to we want to allow for discussion, and and I as the, as the kind of the the guy whose name is on the group, I want to allow for as much discussion and freedom of speech as possible. But you know, there is a line, and we expect a little bit of decorum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thankful for for guys like Simon that that kind of monitor that and make sure it's it's uh, it's being handled appropriately. Nope. So we absolutely we appreciate all of our monitors. So thank you, Simon. 
And those of you in the community that continue to step up, we appreciate yes, you know all absolutely. of you people. And yep. of course, you, the listener, we appreciate you, whether you're supporting us by downloading us or supporting us on Patreon specifically. We really appreciate that. We also have a toll-free number, 1-855, or it's uh, 866-766-1776. And you can add your voice to the conversation. So if you are listening to this and you're like, hey, those guys... They're absolutely wrong about this. Yeah. Well, then you should give us a call at 866-766-1776. Mondays, we record the show. We try to get started around 10 a.m. Central. Uh, a so little late this morning, but you got snowed in. Yeah. we. It's literally a blizzard a where we live. Yeah, it's literally a blizzard right now. But you know what? We don't ever take the day off. We uh, we make sure that we get it done. So we invite you to join us live for our live show. You're only getting half the show. We'll be back next week, 10 a.m. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Thanks. Thank you, Noah. We'll see you next week. Oh. <laughs>